You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Tanya Pinkins. And I'm the host of the podcast, You Can't Say That, on the Broadway Podcast Network. This fall, I have a special treat for you. In honor of my debut feature film, Red Pill, Marissa Lynn Daniels Studio has been hosting weekly conversations with my fellow Broadway colleagues and co-host Sierra Renee about the red pilling of America. These conversations create a safe space for us to talk about the things that are on our mind with an election and a global pandemic. So join us for The Red Pilling of America, a spotlight series every Saturday at 5 p.m. or on the Broadway Podcast Network, You Can't Say That, bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Join the conversation. started seeing a level of rise of white nationalism. People became emboldened because they saw what had happened. And this has been years in the making about a lot of our work around platform accountability on Facebook and Twitter and other places, but they became emboldened in new ways. And we started, we had to hire the security director from Southern Poverty Law Center to come in and consult for us. And, you know, we don't have SPLC's endowment. So it was like a thing where I was just like, how much is it going to cost? And we were looking at it, but I also felt like we couldn't just be passive. My thing with Color of Change is how are we active? And so as we started looking at these organizations, we started seeing you could go on Richard Spencer's site and you could enter your PayPal number and you could donate money. You could go on these white nationalist sites and you could buy paraphernalia. And some of the most disgusting things you'd ever imagine, like 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 um, uh, gun holsters that had anti-Muslim or anti-Jewish sentiments on it. I mean, things that you would not Think and you could go in and you could put your Amex card in, you could put your American Express card in, and you could and, and d- discover Visa. And so we reached out to these companies at, while we were also trying to build a platform. We built this platform called No Blood Money, but we kind of held it back while we tried to have conversations with payment platform sites. And you know what the sites told us? They're like, this is really bad, but you know, you've got to go to the banks. And then we went to the banks and the banks said, you have to go to the credit card companies. And as we realized, sort of building up a campaign, these companies knew. So these companies started seeding stories with journalists that we like didn't know what we were doing. And journalists would start calling and say, 
you know, this is not really something the credit card companies could do. And I, you know, you're going to call out the credit card companies. We're wondering, you know, like if you guys really know what you're doing. And so we're still building the site because what we know at Color of Change, so all of this is about power, right? This is all about context and power, but we didn't know how we were going to move. And then Charlottesville happens. And I remember being with my family out on Long Island. It was the summer when Charlottesville happened. You know, I was working some, spending some time. Um, it was around the time of our family reunion. So I tried to pop in for a little while, say hi, but get out before. <laughs> before there's like too many questions from family members I haven't seen in a long time. And, um, and Charlottesville starts happening. And my staff goes into overdrive. Folks go into the office. We work to launch the site and launch everything. As we're launching the site and as we're going live, the credit card companies no longer tell us to go to the banks. They start sending us lists of white nationalist groups that they're going to cut off a funding. Mm-hmm. PayPal, they all start sending us these lists that no law has changed. Remember, nobody had to like go and pass anything in Congress like journalists were telling me. All of a sudden, they could start cutting off the fees because they recognized that these groups that were marching actually got their money by raising it online. People were literally putting in PayPal numbers to fund buses mm-hmm. of people to go. And they cut it off. And what was, um, and it became publicized. That combined with our efforts to get Bill O'Reilly fired from Fox, and then Bill O'Reilly went out in the world and blamed Color of Change for it because we were responsible. We ran geo-targeted ads um, to the corporations that were sponsoring the O'Reilly targeting uh, black folks and women and telling them to speak out and ask why their corporation was sponsoring the O'Reilly factor. We ran geo-targeted ads over Visa and MasterCard asking why those companies were allowing. Um, and so staff that would go in, black staff, Jewish staff, women staff would go in and ask, and we would say, please contact your boss. And that got us in some heat. Um, and, but over 150 companies have been, over 150 white nationalist groups have been cut off from funding on these sites. Most recently, we got Google and Google Cloud to cut the Proud Boys off from being able to use their hosted sites. Um, and this is part of how we actually ensure that corporations that say Black Lives Matter, that say they stand up for justice, are not enabling these things. But it does put us in harm's way. It does mean that those com- that those institutions um, those groups are then targeting us in new ways, but um, I wouldn't change any of it. Like it, 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 it's different to say how horrible these groups are, and then for them to continue to be able to grow. It's another thing where they end up not actually being able to do their work. The one quick funny story is is that one of the white nationalist groups, white supremacist groups, reached out to have a conversation, and so I didn't know what to do, but of course I was like this is going to be good. So they wanted to convince us that they weren't white nationalist groups, that they shouldn't be cut off, that they were the other side of BLM. Um, it, one told me how powerful our campaign was because if we weren't actually doing something powerful, they wouldn't have cared what we were doing. But they were. At, but the guy from the group got on the phone to explain to me how he wasn't going to be able to pay his staff, how people were going to lose their jobs, um, and I was like, I think you're writing my next fundraising appeal. Um, I think, like, I was like sitting, I was like, you're not going to be able to pay your staff. You're like, you might have to close your doors. Like this, I was like, is this for real? Is this, is this, but yeah, 
that's yeah. But that was that 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 story was definitely it was surreal because you know, you're sitting down, and you're like wondering like what arguments are they gonna bring? But basically, we're not gonna be able like, to buy those hoods. We yes. can't buy hoods. He's like, we can't. Yeah, she's like, we're just expressing our First Amendment right. This is dangerous what you're doing. And I was like, I. He's like, you're. He's like, by labeling us as like, you know, as as white nationalists, you're putting us in danger. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, but I, I really don't know what to tell you. But I, I, I want to tell you that you're only giving. You're only. You're only writing the next email. You're only gonna help me like ensure that I can maybe fund more staff to do this work. So how do you keep that young face, that youthful smile when you are under this kind of constant threat and danger? So, you know, part of why I do this work is so that we are unignorable, right? When When I think about what does it mean to run an organization that can face down powerful forces and get results, the last thing I want to do is wake up every day and put things out in the world and not have people respond to it, not have people care. And so I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't able to like engage in this moment. I might go crazy um, thinking about it. Um, I also, um, you know, I grew up doing activism and I remember back when I was in my early 20s getting to know the late Julian Bond. Um, and, um, he would like give a lot of young activists advices. And, um, a couple of years later, when I was at GLAD, I actually helped write the sort of marriage equality speech he would give when he would go around, um, a lot of black communities sort of building back, building community between LGBT and, um, and so worked with him, wrote that speech where he would go through Leviticus and, um, ask a set of questions. And he was just great. But, but I also think like, I have so much infrastructure and support around me um, that he just didn't have, that John Lewis didn't have, that Ella Baker didn't have, that Fannie Lou Hamer didn't have. Um, and I, and so I also rec- I also remind myself of um, what a different time I am doing this work in, and also have to remind myself that. And you know, and I believe we're winning. That's what I will also say. And if there's like something that can keep you hopeful and optimistic is constantly seeing the signs. Color of change over the summer went from 1.7 million people that had taken action with us in the previous eight months to 7.2 million that had taken action with us. We went from 150 subscribers on our SMS feed to 6.2 million subscribers on our SMS feed. And we ask people to take action. We're not just asking you to be, to read a book and talk with your friends. We are engaging people and taking action. We also had a whole lot more white people to join us. And we have hired our first direct, our first director and associate director of ally relationships because we were doing all these events like black women's brunches and other things in communities. And we had like, oh, wow, we have to kind of build some other programs now um, that are for um, a, a different audience that's coming in so that we can also still have spaces that are like Black women focused or Black dad focused or the other focus, but then have events that are also, um, and now they're all virtual, but um, except for these events we've been doing in the key um, states, we've been doing what we're calling uh, Black Joy drive throughs 
um, and they're driving movies. Um, and so we're showing movies that were calling black joy movies, like, uh, love and basketball, black Panther, like movies that are very black, but not like civil rights focused. And so we can get a really broad audience and every one of them, we're over capacity. Like we're having to turn people away. We're getting capacity 500 or more. But while people are there, we're setting them up on the SMS. So they're able to then do voter contact while they're at the drive-in movies with that, while we've been. So they're in communities, they're in a car with their family, they're social distancing. We're then running videos in between the movies about like activism. And folks are turning out. How could you not be excited and inspired that in the midst of this moment, people not only want to be in community still, but they want to engage on uh, you know, making making their community better. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What can we do? What can we, the people who are listening to this, because this will broadcast also on the Broadway Podcast Network, besides today, um, we've only got, what, that many days left till election? Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things, right? So there's color of change and there's the color of change pack, which is our political arm. And those two things are separate, but both of them are places where I would urge people to go. You know, the thing that I always say people um, need to do is one, at color of change, we always need doers, donors, and door openers. I always call it three Ds. Those are the three things that I constantly need when I go out in the world because those three things help us. Um, The second thing I would say is that you all are individual nodes in your communities and your spaces. And we are under assault in terms of the misinformation and disinformation that's out there. And there's two different things. There's a misinformation that will say like, you can vote up until December or don't show up to the polls if you owe back taxes or things that we've always faced down. Then there's the disinformation that's both domestic and foreign, that is at a scale that we've never seen before. And the reason why I talk about some of it as disinformation is because some of it is like, has levels of truth in it that we have to, and it's right now being deeply targeted at Black men. And we're running a whole series. We have a seven-figure ad buying key states right now that's really focused on Black men, um, trying to deal with the fact that like, you know, the 94 crime bill was bad for our community. And I can't go out and say, no, it wasn't really that bad. Or no, like Biden didn't have anything to do with it. But saying that Trump is better is actually not the way to go. Or 
just saying you should stay home, more importantly, if we want to really stay in the sort of like nonpartisan space, people are being fed disinformation that, say that their vote is more powerful than just stay home. And I want to just say like, that is very important. And we're fighting that disinformation. We are, we have thousands of our members that are on social media, on these platforms, pushing back, going into the comment spaces. Like we've like trained people. We built this video platform where people go straight to video and then we buy ads with their videos across the zip code tracks that they live in. So if you live in Kalamazoo or if you live in Detroit or if you live in Tallahassee, you'll see on your Google or Facebook the videos from people in that actually sound like, come from, are part of those communities. And we've been we've been building that and we really tested it out around the census and are now rolling it out in a much bigger way now. And so all of that is like super, super exciting. The final thing I would just say, because there's all of that stuff that's around this. And then even if we get the results that are more progressive and move us in the right direction, that doesn't mean that systemic injustice goes away. And in fact, we can make things in some ways more challenging if we don't do the work of accountability because elections alone don't create results. Elections alone give us the people that we have to go up against and that we have to push. And this is about picking the people that we feel we can push. And so the thing I would also say to folks is that as we talk about this moment, like there's a couple of things I always ask people to do is that we should um, make sure that we say what we mean. And when we talk about systemic injustice, lots of times we spend our time trying to fix the people that have been hurt and harmed rather than fixing the systems that have hurt and harmed them. And so we will say things like, women are less likely to get hired in corporate America instead of corporate America excludes women. We will say, black people are less likely to get loans from the bank instead of banks um, are less likely to give loans to black people. Now that may sound like just some like language that I'm just throwing around, but the thing that's really important here is that when you say when the you say black people are less likely to get loans from the bank instead of banks are less likely to give loans to black people, you spend your time with financial literacy programs for black people instead of actually ensuring that the banks are held accountable for excluding, redlining, targeting, exploiting. If you start with women being less likely to get into corporate America, people ask what's wrong with women and they spend all their time in pipeline programs and mentorship programs instead of actually dealing with misogyny and racism that keeps women and women of color out of the positions that they actually belong in. Because we talk, we talk about communities that have been exploited, targeted, and left out as vulnerable. And vulnerability is a personal trait. Like I am personally vulnerable when I go on social media and I see like an ex-boyfriend that's way too happy with his life. And I'm like, that's vulnerability. That's like me, my therapist, we need to work through that. That's like, I need to work on myself. If we talk about communities as vulnerable, then we like spend our time trying to fix them and their families rather than yeah. fix the system. <laughs> and so I say all that to all of us is like, there's also the work every single day as people in our communities of how we talk about the issues. Yes, we want to care. But we, to, in order to turn caring into action, we have to talk about the issues in ways where we put the active voice on the system and the passive voice on the people that have been hurt so that we focus on fixing systems and not spending our time fixing people. And so that's also what I just need more people doing is like talking about the problem so we lead ourselves to the right solution. And when we lead ourselves to the right solution, when 
if you have so many more people that have woken up and care about these issues, I can actually move them not to more mentorship programs, even though mentorship programs are really good and important, but also to recognize why do we need mentorship programs in the first place? And what can we do to remove the barriers that have created the injustices um, that we are solving for through charity um, that we should really be solving for through justice? Get some water because you've been talking, talking, talking. <laughs> so you brought up the black men. You know, my brother is a Trump voter uh, and he's in jail, but he's a Trump voter. And we saw 50 cent Trump voter. What is the appeal of Trump? Is it some swag? Is it some gangster thing? What is the Trump appeal? You're a black man. What is his appeal to the black man? So it is definitely swag. He is, um, look, um, black folks know that like the Democratic Party hasn't always been great. And Trump is like a lot of people's boss. Right. And he may actually be like the boss that has that, you know, is racist, but has probably promoted you, maybe. Um, and he sounds like the white man that a lot of black people know. And they can trust that they like that. This might be the white man that I actually know. He also because and this is part of how enabling works. You know, when I first got to Color of Change about this was about nine years ago. I started this campaign against this TV show where um, the star was going around saying a lot of racist things. And we launched this campaign and a lot of both progressives and even some of the funders, and this color change was much smaller. I was taking over an organization that was like five staff. We have like 150 staff now. So it's like completely different organization from when I took it over nine years ago. And so it was like, a lot of people like, why are you focusing on this guy? He's like, He's like a not um, a worth your time. He's a joke. And you're like spending valuable resources. And we were trying to get this show. We were trying to get sponsors of the show to back away. And that show was The Celebrity Apprentice. The star was Donald Trump. And the issue was the fact that he was traveling around the country advancing a racist um, conspiracy theory about the president while every week having a platform and I mean, I have still have the emails. I'm writing a book for Random House. Some of those things will be interspersed. Um, and um, and one of the things um, about it was like the lack of recognition of cultural power. And that's why I'm so, that's why I'll always come when culture makers, people who are in the cultural space invite me because culture is so power and such a powerful indicator, right? That these corporations would enable this platform for him, that he could be on prime time, both be representing himself as a capable business person. Imagine if he had, if a black person or a woman of any color had had that many business failings, right? And could have a TV show where they were then positioned as a successful business person, once people would have done all sorts of exposés that would have taken that person down. And they would have not lasted season over season, but he got to have that show. Season over season because of how racism works, how capitalism works, how misogyny works, how all of these systems sort of intertwine. And he had it for years and America saw it. And he got to position himself that way. He got to build a brand that way that he delivers. 
right? And so, and then you have the Democrats, which can sometimes feel like the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters, not the Harlem Globetrotters. And, um, and that, and then, and so who, you, do you want to be on the team that doesn't feel like a winning team? And I'm just saying this, I'm not explaining this. I'm not defending people voting for Donald Trump. I'm simply just saying how we end up getting there, that you end up with someone that feels like a winner, even if they aren't a winner. And yeah. um, and then people get on board. And that's also why when I try to talk about voting out in the community, I don't start from a place where like, will black people vote or won't they vote? Or even when I talk to black men who might be peeling off, I do remind everyone that black men are still um, out of all of the sort of groups, the racial groups of men, the most likely to vote against Donald Trump. Even with the peel off, they're way more likely to vote against Donald Trump than any other group of men. Okay. They're just not as good as black women on this issue. That's all, right? But no group of people is. So like, if we start from a place of talking about what folks are doing well, I feel like, I even talk about it from a voting perspective. Sometimes folks are like, what will the black you know, numbers look like on voting? I'm like, well, first, let's start from the perspective, not of the deficit of black voting, but let's start from the fact that black people are actually the protagonists in the American story of voting. A protagonist is someone that has to overcome a lot of barriers, a lot of obstacles, has to fight violence sometimes and all sorts of threats in order to win. And that's what black people have done in every phase of their sort of, of our fight to vote, our fight to participate. Let's talk about black folks as the protagonists in the story. And I believe that can open us up to actually get more people engaged rather than starting from a place. Do you wanna be on the team that's a protagonist or are you showing up to stop something bad from happening? I wanna get people focused on, and that's why in this moment of like so much, uh, pain from COVID to the uprisings and you ask me like, how do you show up? I'm like, I always want to show up with joy. And black joy is not the absence of pain, but it's the presence of aspiration, not just what we are fighting against, but what we are fighting for. And, yes. and so, you know, sometimes that's hard certain mornings, but I also just constantly remind myself that there is um, an opportunity to win and we can't win if we are sort of um, spending all of our time focusing on not losing. Woo, this is Tanya Pinkins. We are listening to just Rashad Robinson, who is on fire with inspiration. This is the red pilling of America on the Marissa Lynn Daniels Studios every Saturday at 5 p.m. This was part one. Don't miss part two of my conversation with Rashad Robinson of Color of Change. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.